time to bury the tired narrative and uncover stories not typically heard, but stories that need to be heard. Right or wrong, life or death, this isn't your typical law show. This is Big Angry Law with Charles Big Angry Adams on KPRC 950. Now, Charles Adams. Two thousand three, March, in fact. So that was nineteen years ago. I was a young thirty, about to turn thirty-one. The Dixie Chicks were playing in London, and the lead singer expressed that she was ashamed to be from the. Same state as then-President George W. Bush because she was upset about the impending war in Iraq. The result was the Dixie Chicks being blacklisted by country and western stations across this country. Sales plummeted. The music equivalent of bug burning, that's when you still bought compact discs. Piles of them were burnt by by radio pundits looking for a little attention. They did a song entitled Not Ready to Make Nice. There was a documentary, Shut Up and Sing. Country and Western artists like Taylor Swift, Casey Musgraves, referred to this controversy as as the motivating factor for their speaking out on politics. I was not a fan of the war in Iraq. I thought after September 11th, we need some significant consequences for those responsible. I don't recall any effort to hold the Saudi government or the country of Saudi Arabia where the overwhelming majority of the monsters that inflicted such horrifying acts of terrorism on Washington, D.C., our capital, and the financial capital of this country, some would argue the world, New York City. Iraq was not involved. They did not have weapons of mass destruction. Saddam Hussein was a despot who was brutal to portions of his populace that he perceived as threatening his rule and his power. Also, those that he perceived as extremists, he, of course, at the time, was still rebounding from sanctions imposed by George George Herbert Walker Bush after his incursion into Kuwait. And much like Putin, Saddam Hussein thought he could roll tanks into Kuwait and 
not face any consequence. And of course, he faced tremendous consequence. And so did so many of the Iraqi people. The sanctions were devastating to, at the time, what was the largest secular middle class in the Middle East. It was the country that kept the crazy of Iran in check. Now, we destabilized it, and we destabilized it with... They destabilized the... Saddam destabilized the region by starting a war with Kuwait and then doing horrifying environmental damage by setting fire to oil wells across that country. It was awful. Saddam Hussein, an awful person. But America then went and waged a war a decade later after coming, stopping short, obviously, with Desert Storm. Which didn't make a lot of sense to me. At the time, there was a mandate for it. When we lied about weapons of mass destruction, it just seemed like warmongering and dishonesty. And Natalie Maines was right. And why am I talking about this now? No, I'm not going to draw a parallel with Putin in the, in the Ukraine. I'm talking about it because a friend of mine, Rich O'Toole, a Texas country singer, Red Dirt, some would say, I, he strikes me as an independent country artist on the cusp of crossover success. Very talented songwriter, handsome guy, you know, a big, ugly ogre like me. And I don't really know how we became friends, right? He's just one of those genuinely, sincerely nice people. The one time I made a joke about his name, his name's, you know, Rich O'Toole. Well, another nickname for Richard is Dick, and his last name is O'Toole, and I thought it was funny, and I had a comedian, Jenny Johnson, of some note, successful, like, snap at me on Instagram because I was making a joke about her friend and I was just kidding. I was like, he's my friend too. I was just kidding. I thought I was amusing. I didn't think he would care. It sounds like a porn star's name, right? I'm Dick O'Toole. But that's the way, that's how nice of a guy he is, is people just immediately stick up for him because he's one of those sincerely, truly genuine, nice guys. Well, he played a gig and took a photo with governor Greg Abbott. And, and that was, I think it was like a couple of months ago. And all of a sudden it snowballed into him being pilloried on social media and people engaged, people from the left engaging in the same kind of nonsense that people from the right engaged in to cancel the Dixie Chicks. People are calling for the cancellation of Rich because he played a gig for the Texas governor. He's a working musician. He's not some guy rolling in millions of dollars. And of course... It's the governor of the state. Well, you can agree or disagree with his politics. He's still the governor. I gave my son this lecture when talked about on the radio. He's supposed to introduce Dan Patrick, and he didn't like him and still doesn't. And Dan Patrick just blew it off. The night before, I give myself, you do it respectfully. You write a nice little speech. and you know. But it turns out Dan Patrick's the scumbag that he seems to be. But you respect the office. And I promise you, any of these people that are banging on rich and knocking rich, if they had a chance to make a little money and do what they do for a living for the governor of Texas, they would. Politics be damned. If they wouldn't, they're idiots. He's not evil. He's not. No. People were comparing it to playing a Klan rally. Shut the hell up. 
This is Big Angry Law on KPRC 950. clown on Twitter claiming that he wouldn't uh, if the governor asked he apparently has a photography business that if the governor asked him to photograph a relative's wedding that he would pass one I don't believe him if you're lost what I'm talking about is people criticizing my friend Rich O'Toole for performing at an event uh, for the governor that he was paid to perform it should be honored as an artist and while I see people like Ken Paxton as being so divisive because he's a crook and a criminal and and I will tell you when I see people like Ken Paxton I mean he's going to be in runoff with George P. Bush but like, Ken Paxton's a scumbag criminal and yet all these Republican voters still just I, I question how stupid people are how do you have a scumbag thief for your top law enforcement officer in the state of Texas and you don't you're not embarrassed or ashamed but yet people are mad at rich uh, you know but I mean the it, it, same Lena Hidalgo cruises to victory over Erica Davis an African-American woman who worked her way through school and, uh, yeah, lots of public service. Adrian Garcia, who tried to strip community patrol and consolidate everything, re- remove the patrol function of constables and consolidate it under with, as you know, basically Lena is his hench woman. And Democrats just line right up. Hey, I don't care. Houston's going to the criminal crap, but let's not remove two people that would rather play politics than promote public safety. She wants to buy trees to, which I'm all for planting trees, but not on the guise of public safety. And yet the voters, I don't know. I've been really, I mean, obviously, I support our democracy, but we've got a lot of stupid, stupid voters here in Texas. Now it's not across the board. Then some Democrats 
voted out some bad judges, but they also voted out some good judges in the primary. There's no rhyme or reason to primary voting for judges. It's usually just name or name recognition or perceptions of the person behind the name. Find it a bit shocking. But what are you going to do? We're, I mean, so it's going to be Beto and Abbott. Well, I mean, here's your conundrum as a voter, right? California is flocking to Texas. They're flocking to Texas because the Democrats are running California into the ground, right? And we'll talk about Joe Biden's just unbelievably dishonest speech last night at some point. But like in Los Angeles, my friend James, who is a lawyer in Scotland, sent me all kind of people send me articles all day. He sent me an article about the, uh, the, the pending closure of a detention facility for the city of Los Angeles, which the sheriff is objecting to because it's going to leave him with very little space to house inmates, incredibly violent criminals, right? That will most certainly have to be released. And they've already released so many criminals in California and crime is spiraling out of control. And you have these far left progressive activist municipal elected officials, a great many funded by George Soros adjacent and George Soros funded groups that have abandoned victims in public safety. And now the writing is on the wall, right? Uh, Biden is seeing that writing and is backing away from it. And we'll talk about his absurd proclamation about supporting and funding police. And I'm saying this as someone who has been advocating for real reform significant paradigmatic change in how we police Americans for decades. I'm not one of those thin blue line people that think everything is a-okay. But the idiocy behind defund the police or abolish prisons or abolish police or just turn a blind eye to victim crime is, is this whole nonsense narrative of community solutions to victim crime is incredibly false. And what it really is is just abandoning victims in those very same communities of color. No one's saying, hey, look, we need to end the war on drugs except fentanyl and methamphetamine and other things that are just killing people left and right and giving people access to opioids and other things with, with also access to care. No one's having these real conversations, right? And most certainly the Democrats aren't looking to fix anything. I mean, so many cities, Portland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, have just been lost in just a handful of years. And it's alarming and it's disgusting. So you have that on the left. And then on the right, you have these unbelievably dishonest, fake theocrats, right? Like Dan Patrick and Ken Paxton. He's liars, and to some degree Abbott, but Abbott is just kind of trailing in their wake. He's a milk toast Republican. He's a coward, right? And so either you as a voter, especially a Texas voter, I, Beto has talked about, now he's backing off, 
I met him and he was running his cruise and he had just made some incredibly stupid statements about the second amendment. I said to him, I said, Hey, you know, it doesn't seem like you want to win, man. It does. That's one of my wife posted a picture uh, with Beto and a bunch of, uh, it was a little cabal of, of, of consumers of talk radio who were just horrified and talked a bunch of mess. Who was the woman? I don't remember the disgusting pig of a woman. But, I mean, it, it, you know, and it upset my wife. I, I don't care. I mean, stupid people say stupid things, right? They can't. I mean, it's the same kind of people that were criticizing her for taking a picture with Beto that were criticizing Rich for doing so. I mean, you're just idiots. You're just intolerant, falsely pious idiots, right? You were just looking for an excuse to be awful to some stranger you don't know because you perceive a disagreement ideologically instead of, you know, real Americans would say, hey, well, maybe I should proselytize to this person and convince them of why I'm right instead of alienating them. And that is your conundrum as a Texas voter, right? Do you want to see Texas turn into California with hypertaxation and regulation? Or do you want to see Texas bend the knee to the false theocrats and and strip people of, of individual liberties and constitutional rights. I mean, ultimately, we are all put in a position where we have to vote for the least harmful candidate. All of us pragmatic, real people that just want the government out of our lives as much as possible, but yet providing public safety, fire services, good public schools, We have nowhere to go. Crooks to the right, liars to the left. It's awful. Big Angry Law with Charles Adams on KPRC 950. You moved to town and they changed your name. Off 15 men of fame. Not on stage, you're pretty brave Give you a shovel to dig your grave Got a Gibson and a stylish hat Covering children's pushes in a flat Just let this play. Rich is 
most recent single, Low Hanging Fruit. But we're not a music show. This isn't music radio. This is Charles Adams blathering into a microphone. During the break, I was talking to my oldest child. She had to submit her certified list for her, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand how it works, right? For your residency, you do a bunch of interviews that you're lucky enough to get invited to, and she's done very well in medical school. Although she did switch midstream from wanting to be an OB/GYN, a gynecologist. She says OB/GYN. I don't know. Again. The science stuff lost on me to surgery and obviously has a West Coast focus, much to my chagrin. And she was having to seed her selections. And then somehow they seed their selections. And then you find out, you find out in a couple of weeks whether or not you matched, and then a few days later at a ceremony, if you do, and there are people that don't match, you find out where you matched. And she's incredibly stressed out because she's just submitted her certified list that she has flipped and changed multiple times. I don't know. My advice to her is calm down, right? You're going to be a surgeon. Who, who cares? You should really focus on where you would be the happiest, where you want to live. And a couple of her higher-ranked places are in cities that have just, in the last five years, went from being incredibly beautiful, shining examples of America. Tourist destinations, beautiful places where people want to be, and have just disintegrated into crime-ridden hellholes to the point where when you look on subreddits on Reddit, uh, for those who don't use it, it's a it's a largely anonymous, although, you know, I don't, I'm not anonymous on anything. I just use my, you know, big angry law. I'm not trying to hide. I think internet cowardice is exemplified by people that hide their identity, but And people have conversations, and there's subreddits for a lot of cities. And I've looked at some of the subreddits for these cities, and prestigious, very prestigious surgical residencies, but they're in cities that are just blighted by crime. And as, you know, the father of a female, you worry about that, right? And then when I hear the president say, We should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. Kamala and Pelosi jump to their feet clapping. So do all the other Democrats in the room and the Republicans. Resources and training they need to protect our communities. I ask Democrats and Republicans alike to pass my budget and keep our neighborhoods safe. And here's a little montage I found on Twitter about those very same cheering people and the police. 
So we've been talking about defunding the police. Uh, there's some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. So yes, defund your butts, defund you. Yes, I support the reallocation of resources uh, from NYPD. We will be moving funding from the NYPD to youth initiatives and social services. They are talking about reducing the allocation of resources to that department. And I think every single city in this country ought to be thinking about the same thing. Yes, I support the defund movement. I'm for responsible reallocation of resources and defund the police. I think you do all those other things. You don't need all the money that's going to the police department. So yeah, I mean, the spirit of it, I, I, I do support that. Yeah, and you know, a lot of us were asked if we could imagine a future without police back in 2017 when we were running for office. And I answered yes to that question. We are going to reduce funding in the police department and redirect that money. There's no reason the police budget should just keep growing and growing and growing. They can make sensible cuts to police. We propose to redirect over $7 million from the police bureau. That our city, through our city administrative officer, identified $250 million in cuts. Rashida Tlaib tweeting, no more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. When they're saying defund the police, what are they saying? They're saying we want fundamental, basic change when it comes to policing. Uh, and they're right. And, and I'll let it end on Cuomo. It goes on, I think, for seven minutes. And, I mean, there's a number of people from the squad, all the members of the squad, mayors, L.A., San Francisco, Portland, I, you know, the mayor, Mayor Breed of, of San Francisco, she has completely changed her tune since that comment. But her city's underwater in crime. They call them quality of life crimes. And that sounds to me kind of like broken windows policing. Like if you're not a student of criminal justice policy, well, quality of life, yeah, you're ruining people's quality of life by allowing this crime to occur. But no, that's not what it refers to. It refers to... These are people committing these crimes because of the quality of their life. And you uh, shut up. If you victimize someone, I don't care if it's a multinational chain store or a mom and pop store, because it's always being characterized by the media and many on the left is just the multinational. You're hurting that business. And when that business leaves a community, you're hurting that community. You're hurting the individuals in the community. And you're letting the criminals win. And I worry as a father in these cities that are just abjectly unsafe. I worry as a father about my daughter being in those cities. On the flip side, I don't want to be, I mean, she's a 27-year-old adult. So when she asked me, I say, look, you know, and she has aspirations, right? Right now she's learning, leaning towards pediatric surgery, the hardest type of surgery to do. So you have to be at prestigious programs to possibly have the opportunity to do that after set five years of residency and two years of research. Oh, it's crazy how much goes into being a, a doctor or a surgeon, let alone a pediatric surgeon, right? 
So I don't want to tell her, no, don't take these opportunities because of crime, but it makes me sick with worry. And when I hear this falsity from the president, because that's what it is, it's him lying to the electorate because he knows the Democrats have screwed up. It upsets me. And he told all the lie, I mean, oh, we're working on securing the border. They absolutely are not. The Democrats are not working on securing the border. Right? They're not interested in it at all. They're looking at the long-term benefits to their party. They don't want to secure the border. Manufacturing in the United States, they have no interest in increasing manufacturing in the United States. They talk about unions while they also talk about globalization. So they raise the cost here while forcing businesses out. Tesla. Tesla, the president doesn't even include them in the conversation about electric vehicles. Why? Because the unions told him not to and he's obeying. It's crazy to me the amount of dishonesty in Biden's speech. And I say this as someone that was always critical when Trump was being dishonest to the point where I was getting death threats. I don't care. But I'm also not going to sit here. I mean, that president, our president, told so many abject lies to applause to people that seem to hate America and don't want, they don't, they don't hate America. They pretend to hate America to pander and disrupt, and it's insane. We need to fix policing. Might talk about that later. Big. Angry. Law. With Charles Adams. Continues. Chicks and Rich O'Toole. It's the chicks now. I'm, I'm sticking with Dixie Chicks. Sorry. I, I mean, sorry. Anyhow, why? Just because. Dixie Chicks, Rich O'Toole tonight. If you don't like it, I don't give a damn, right? So we were talking about crime and the false posturing of Biden and the cheering and false applause of Democrats, especially when Pelosi and Harris both shot up, right? And, and let me be clear that I am not critical 
of the concept of expanding the scope of what non-law enforcement does. What I am against is the myth that that's the solution for things like traffic stops or family violence disturbances where they're both incredibly dangerous circumstances for public servants. And of course, it would make far more sense to train law enforcement to act as social workers or true sincere first responders and not always just reach for a gun. But of course, law enforcement doesn't do that. When you look at the millions of encounters in America, they get absolutely no attention. When you look at the hundreds of thousands of public servants that get up every day and used to work a job that they could be proud of, but now, as in one of the officers who was killed at the hands of a monster in New York just a few weeks ago, didn't let people in his neighborhood know what he did for a living for fear of reprisal. And I say this as someone that is often critical of the policing paradigm, but we are having false conversations. Most of the quote-unquote activists, when they speak, they only speak about fundraising and use nonsense hyperbole to rabble-rouse. There aren't nearly enough conversations about how to fix the problems. There's just, oh, roving bands of cops looking to kill black men. That is something that's been said so many times over the last couple of years that it's absolutely insane. Are there racist cops? Of course there are. Did we not do a very good job identifying them and firing them or prosecuting them for criminality for decades in America? Of course we didn't. Did the Black Lives Matter movement encourage a lot of important conversations that served as a catalyst for change? Yes, they did. Was it also run by a couple of women that extorted tens of millions of dollars out of corporate America and a lot of concerned Americans and took a lot of that money without any transparency to increase their personal wealth while doing very little for the family members of the victims whose portraits they used to fundraise? Yes. Did they recently get removed from Amazon's fundraising platform for that lack of transparency? Yes. Is the media largely ignoring the fact that there is a whole lot of corruption and, and misuse of a misapplication of funds and breaches of fiduciary duties that are alarming? And have they hired high-powered attorneys to try to cover it up? Yes. Does that mean that these important conversations weren't important? No. But the thing is, now in America, everyone's lying. Not everyone, but the loudest voices with the pulpit. In my little bitty show, on my little bitty station, I'll just piss in the damn wind. But what it's going to be, I'm going to be pissing truth. I'm going to be pissing honesty right in your damn ear holes. If we want to fix law enforcement... We need to fix it, right? We need to end the war on drugs. That doesn't mean drugs are a good thing. They're typically an awful thing, right? I will say we need to cross the board, across the country, legalize THC. 
as I sit here with one of eighth wonders of Wonder Woman. They're not sponsoring this show. This is true, sincere thought on mine. But so eighth wonder, a brewery, a brewery that, you know, great marketing. I love their facility, but I mean, they're, they're not, for me, I just like beer, right? I could eat the cheapest, crappiest beers, beer. That's fine with me. It's getting me drunk. But this wonder water they're making, which is a Delta eight product, which is a legalized illegal in the state cabinoid. It's great. Zero calories, not a diuretic. I know I sound like a commercial. This is not a commercial. It's expensive, but not super expensive, like 20 bucks for a six pack. It's unreal. I've got flying saucer started carrying it. Cause I talked to the manager and, but I think it'll completely take over the alcohol industry. If it's given the chance, right? Because you can drink as much as you want. It can't kill you. You wake up the next day. I don't mean, know. You shouldn't drive while you're drinking it. You're not hung over. It's not a diuretic. It doesn't have the harmful effects. I mean, there are some harm to THC, but they uh, nothing significant, right? As compared as compared to alcohol, might make you a little stupid. And younger people should not. But it's wonderful. But the thing is, people like I like. I since I was probably eleven years old, I like to be drunk. I'm a nice drunk, right? I'm pleasant. I don't do it every day. I don't do it every week. I'll go weeks without. But I'm pleasant. It makes me relax. It makes me not think about all the crap that I'm constantly dealing with. You know, like managing lawyers is the worst part of my life because you pay people a lot of money and they don't do the work they're supposed to do. And I find myself doing it and it pisses me off. Like paying people to do work that I end up doing, nothing pisses me off more. But I also have this compulsion to make sure everything is done right. And it's hard to find people that have the same work ethic and intellect that I do. I surround myself by... And I find myself often in every arena surrounded by people that I think are stupid. I will tell you this new lawyer I've got working for me, Price Brown, Judge Robin Brown's son, about a fifth-year lawyer, but he had did miserable work, real estate work. For this miserable lawyer that I got taken off a case that I, he's just obnoxious. But now he's working for me and he's at heaven. And he's busting his ass. And maybe he just had to have a miserable experience. But anyhow, I'm rambling here. We want to fix policing, right? In the war on drugs, except for things like fentanyl and methamphetamine, but make other drugs available, make substance abuse available. When you have to lock someone up, lock them up in a hospital, go after the cartels and the organizations, the crime, stop the human trafficking, Stop cities incentivizing, putting bounties on people's heads, uh, the regressive tax of citations. You know, focus, focus on public safety. That's all police should do. Public safety and community policing and getting to know people and, and helping people, whether it's something small, stolen, or somebody killed. That's it. That's all the police should do. We'll be back. Time to bury the tired narrative, the tired narrative. and uncover... Stories not typically heard, but stories that need to be heard. Right or wrong, life or death, this isn't your typical law show. This is Big Angry Law with Charles Big Angry Adams on KPRC 950. Now, Charles Adams. 
Well, here we are in the second hour. If you missed the first hour, it was me talking about peeing in truth in your ear holes, and you should check it out on the podcast, Big Angry Radio. There's a cool new feature if you listen on iHeart. You can actually record a response to the show. You press a little microphone button, and it sends it to my program director for the station, Callum Reed, who then sends it to me, and I can play it for y'all. So please feel free to consume. And I know I'm still sitting at my home studio, so you can't call. But you feel free to tell me how stupid I am, and I will gladly, gladly play it on there. With glee. Give me some details. And then I can give you an educational and responsive explanation as to why I am right and you have a horrible misconception and you're wrong about whatever subject it is. Because the cross I bear is always being right. And it's not fun for me. In fact, we were talking about why I like to drink and, and no, I've dialed it back. I, you know, I had to go to the courthouse. Speaking of managing lawyers, you know, because I'm making a significant change and having to do a lot of work that, you know, I paid someone else to do. And I'm running into a lot of lawyers who are commenting on my weight loss. Man, you've lost. How'd you do it? Well, honestly, I just started drinking this Delta 8 water as opposed to cold beer. But one of the, I mean, I, I enjoy it because it allows me to tune things out. On the flip side, I know people that can't, right? They can't because it destroys them. It's weird how that works. Right. I, I mean, I have, I do, I have, I have legal colleagues that are addicts and I have non-legal colleagues that are addicts and it's, it's, it's incredible how damaging it was prior to their sobriety. And of course you see so many people in America, so many people that have their souls just caught in the snare especially of synthetic opioid addiction, but other addictions. And it turns them into monsters. And now we have this rush now in America, and I think addiction is a disease, and people need help. But I don't think it's a disease that should, ma- that should be a mechanism for claiming insanity so you don't have to be culpable for a crime that you commit. In fact, it used to be that being high on drugs was absolutely no defense for criminality. And it's why in Texas, the intent to be intoxicated is not an element to establish a DWI or an intox assault or an intox manslaughter. Because people can make the argument, that, oh, someone drugged me, I didn't know. Or someone overpoured, overserved me, and I didn't realize. But now, so many medical, uh, mental health professionals have blurred that line. And I think it's egregious, right? I think if you're out of your mind on opioids and you kill someone, you should suffer the consequence for killing them. But, I mean, that's, we live in this world where before the I mean there was probably not enough 
adherence to the burden of the state to prove things beyond a reasonable doubt before they stripped an individual of their liberty. And now in so many places that pendulum has swung so far the other way that there is very little effort by the state to hold monsters to account. And also it's become very capricious and allowed for the injection of far more ideological and political biases into the application of criminal justice, which is the province of banana republics and not America. Right? We see decision-making, especially on the federal level, to prosecute people usually driven by a political agenda, and that's absolutely evil and absolutely wrong. That's why I take issue with hate crimes. And I don't mean hate crimes in terms of, oh, you burn a cross in somebody's yard to push them out of a neighborhood. No, that's a hate crime, right? Because it wouldn't be much of a crime but for the underlying hatred and the consequence to the people. But when you say, okay, I'm going to prosecute someone twice under the separate sovereign doctrine, which means both the feds and the states are individual sovereigns and can prosecute someone for the same crime without offending the prohibition of double jeopardy found in the United States Constitution and a great number of state constitutions. Because the Supreme Court has said, no, they're separate. They can do that. But a lot of times we only see that happen in very politicized prosecutions. Whereas my opinion is evil is evil. And while the motivation for the evil should drive sentencing disparities and not immutable characteristics or demographics, which so often drive them, and that's wrong. But it's horrifying. That's the thing, right? If you say, well, we're only going to prosecute people for hate crimes in this certain demographic, but if people in this other demographic are motivated by racialized hatred to commit this murder or this assault, we're not going to. Well, that's just not right. Because all murder, except self-defense or defense of a third party, is driven by an insane hatred or a monstrous greed or some other evil motivation. We keep talking about making things crimes that are already crimes. Creating new laws to allow more politics to insert itself into the criminal justice system when there are monsters out there and they should serve a consequence. And then almost often the advocates for these new criminal laws that are targeted and focused on specific demographics are the same people that are wanting to abolish the police and abolish prisons. A great number of people cheering long prison sentences for law enforcement are also people that want to buy them. It's, it's insane. We'll be back in one second. Big. Angry. Law. With Charles Adams. Continues. Yeah, probably was the best boyfriend you could have had. But I gave 100%. I was even friends with Joe Dad. We split up and went our separate ways Promised to be friends But that was over a year ago I haven't heard from you again, yeah Were you really too good to call? Did you really give 
Yeah, we're still going, Rich O'Toole and Dixie Chicks tonight. This is too good to call by my friend Rich. But I won't revisit that issue. We've got other things to talk about. I want to talk about the steel set of testicles on a Russian businessman, Alex Konyakin. Well, who is Alex Konyakin? It's K-O-N-A-N-Y-K-H-I-N. Man, their names, Russian names. They're tough, right? And I know some very wealthy Russians through the Gumball 3000, which I'm supposed to do in May with Bun and Andy and Queenie, although I'll have to leave early for to get to my daughter's medical school graduation. I, I'm excited about going. And the Russians that I know, they are very much your stereotypical hard-drinking half-million-dollar car driving like a lunatic, just larger-than-life characters. They're pretty nice guys, right? One of them has been posting incredibly jingoistic, nonsense propaganda. We've had a couple of conversations, and hes I think I've upset him with my posts. But, again, I'm going to piss truth in people's ear holes. Whether it be on the radio or social media, I don't care. I'll drop this little phrase after the night. I don't know why I conjured it up. But I, I, I mean, you can't speak holistically about any people, right? And the thing is, it takes, I mean, Putin, uh, the Russian government locked up some like six, seven-year-old children who bought flowers and peace signs. I think the Ukrainian embassy is somewhere in Russia, right? I didn't read the whole story because it's just too depressing. But the parents and the kids all got locked up because there's no free speech. You know, dissident Alex Navalny, he is from his prison cell where he shouldn't be. It's like people need to stand up for peace. But this Russian entrepreneur, Russian businessman, has... Posted on social media. Oh, let me read the post. I promise to pay $1 million to the officer who, complying with their constitutional duty, arrests Putin as a war criminal under Russian and international laws. Putin is not the Russian president as he came to power as a result of a special operation of blowing up apartment buildings in Russia that violated the Constitution by eliminating free elections and murdering his opponents. As an ethnic Russian and a Russian citizen, I see it as my moral duty to facilitate the denazification of Russia. I will continue my assistance to Ukraine in its heroic efforts to withstand the onslaught of Putin's Orda. Orda is the Russian word. It means horde, right? Or plunderers. The post also had an image, right, of Putin and wanted dead or alive Vladimir Putin for mass murder. Well, that takes some incredible courage 
and what we've seen today, and it's hard, right? Like you've got to look at Al Jazeera and other secondary publications because a lot of the American media, it's it's a lot of propaganda too. Nothing as disgusting as China or Russia, but it's still very positive pieces that I think are painting an inaccurate portrait of what is going on in Ukraine, which is horrifying. Significant bombing of civilian targets. Significant military aggression towards civilian neighborhoods. A child was killed at a children's hospital that was bombed. Citizens were killed bombing a television tower yesterday, and it's only continued and gotten worse today. And the Ukrainians, our citizens, are fighting back. More Ukrainians or males are returning to stand up for their country. But we're going to see a lot of death because Putin is not going to back down. And we are probably closer to global nuclear holocaust than we have ever been because, of course, NATO, the EU, America is is providing weapons and not military assistance yet, but eventually there's going to have to be a decision made whether we risk this nuclear holocaust. You've had incredible economic sanctions that are being visited upon Russia, and it is crippling so many businesses, and we've had seizures. We've had an incredible amount of... Had a Ukrainian captain sink a yacht that he was running for a Russian oligarch. But over the last few decades, the West has just welcomed Russian mob money because it was so much money. And we've seen Finland and Germany and other European countries becoming completely dependent on Russian oil. While we've seen largely the Democratic Party be incredibly antagonistic to American energy independence. Now, all this talk about renewable and green energy, of course we should invest in the science of that and hope to move to that as soon as possible, but everyone being honest, and I'm not talking about the progressives, know that we are decades away, especially poor people. Because... Basic fossil fuels provide heat and energy and the ability to exist for so many people. And man, it would be great if we all had solar panels and electric cars that were run from said solar panels or wind turbines, but we're not even close. And while I support investing in that, in fact, government investment in that, we don't need to put horse blinders on and and pretend that we don't need fossil fuels. We should incentivize green and renewable energy, but not to the point where we cripple small businesses and hobble the existence of regular working-class people. That's the thing. There's so much nonsense virtue signaling in this world. There's so much abject ideological dishonesty. The thing when we talk about policing, we have so many people. Why does Lena Hidalgo need a so the first county judge to require a security detail? Why are we fitting the footing the bill for for Alexandria Ocasio Cortez's security detail? Safety for thee, but I mean safety for me, but not for thee. It's an absurd hypocritical double standard where so many far-left 
elected officials have abandoned those that they pretend that they want to protect. And they don't want to have these conversations about, hey, how do we fix crap? That's not disruptive. It's much easier to abandon and engage in dishonest hyperbole. But damn it, it's just incredible. Russians willing to stand up to Putin. He is a disgusting monster. He is the Adolf Hitler of our time, period. And money is the only reason that's not more widely acknowledged. You're listening to Big Angry Law on KPRC 950. I can't find a reason to let go Even though you've found a new love And she's what your dreams are made of I can find a reason to hang on What went wrong can be forgiven Without you it ain't worth living alone Sometimes I wake up Okay, so I want to talk about, I want to just completely shift gears. And this is all set off by a Houston Chronicle article I read um, from today. I think it was originally published yesterday, but updated today. But before I jump into it, and it's an article involving a bar called the Crazy Girl Saloon in Humble. And it's described in the Chronicle as an Humble dive bar. For those not from Houston, Humble is a suburb of Houston on the working class and middle class suburb of Houston on the northeast side of Harris County, which is the county that Houston is the county seat of. It's a very large county, a very large city that spills into several other counties. But anyhow, I want to dial it back to years ago, I am sitting in a barbecue place where I happened to be the civil lawyer for the owner. And there is a family in there, and they have a small dog that they're literally feeding barbecue from the table. And the dog pees on the floor very unclean. All kind of health code violations. And the owner is kind of steamed. He goes over there and, then he comes back and says, they're telling me it's a service dog. And I said, look, there's a lot of liability for you as a business owner under the American with Disabilities Act and some other federal and state statutes if you deny service to a service dog. And the problem is there's not really like a licensing requirement or a re- regulatory environment to respond to the fact that there are so many disgusting people 
who are willing to falsely claim that their animal is a service dog so they can avoid restrictions on bringing their pets places. And sure enough, they showed he had a, he had a little, this little, little pet had a little medallion on his, his collar that said service dog. And they said he was for epilepsy. They were earnestly lying, right? And this was not at all a service dog. Not at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. It was somebody's pet, and they were disgusting liars. But my advice to the lawyers, look, and you could expose yourself from real liability. You should probably, like most other business owners, just let it go. If you heard a little creak there, I just moved my remote control for that. I haven't turned on the TV. I've got two TVs in here. I don't remember the last time I turned them on. Anyhow, he, and I'm proud of him for this, although contrary to my advice, didn't give a damn and told them they didn't take their dog out because he it was very clear they were lying. Service dogs are very, very trained to behave in a very specific manner, right? And then, you know, as you go, you go to Vegas, you go anywhere, right? There are dogs in the casinos and restaurants in LA and New York, all over the place. So, you know, we're sitting in a steakhouse. And this dog jumped on our table to get at our food. They were with somebody at a neighboring table. Service dog is not ever, ever going to do that. They had their little vest. I've been at the zoo where people playing with a pet had their little vest on. And I mean, people are just disgusting. And that's why it needs to be regulated and licensed. And there needs to be a severe consequence for the scummy people that take what was a set aside for blind and deaf people. And it's also just like the concept of disability. We just keep expanding it to absurd extremes, to make everybody feel better and justify lawyers getting getting disability checks to the point where all kind of people who have no business with a disability check are getting. And if you're depressed and dyslexic, give you a check, right? Whereas people that really have the need are now having to come over, overcome all these roadblocks to getting the benefits that they should get because these roadblocks have been set up in place because there's so many disgusting pig people with no shame, right? And that has led to a lot of people being, you know, swinging the pendulum too far the other way. So this dive bar, and I want to talk about it from both sides. Now, let's listen. I'll read some of the Brian Miller, who lives with post-traumatic stress and general anxiety disorders said he showed up to Crazy Girl Saloon off 19, FM 1960 late Sunday to preach with members of Saved Savage Ministries, a traveling congregation of veterans and Christians based in the Houston area. Miller entered the bar with his service dog, jo- Jolene, a black Labrador who was always at his side and trained to help him through everyday life. First of all, I don't know what he has PTSD from. He could have sincere, legitimate PTSD from from military service or or just from some horrible traumatic event in his life. But we also know that there are a great number of people, both veterans and regular people, who claim to have PTSD, but what they're really what 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 the medical community calls malingerers. People that just, you know, want the benefit but don't have the harm. And of course I would say a general anxiety disorder Probably, and let's set aside the PTSD. And again, I don't know this guy, so I don't know the legitimacy of his diagnoses. But I would say, having a service animal for a legit for a for a general anxiety disorder 
Sounds to me like an emotional support animal and not a service dog. And I will tell you, I think that's a pet and it's complete crap, right? It's people abusing a system that was set up for initially for blind people who can't get around, right? But everyone's got to be special. Let's read some more. I saw the sign on the door and said, no fighting, no weapons, no pets, Miller said. In a phone call Monday, he walked up to the bartender to confirm that Jolene was a trained service animal and not simply a pet. Apparently, that bartender responded. Here's the quote. I'll have to call the owner. He's got a real strict, really strict policy. I said, okay, and went to the bathroom and came back, and she said, yeah, the owner said no. It actually said the name. She can't be in here. She can't even be on the property. We were there for a purpose, Miller added. We have a ministry that we do. We were taking the gospel into the bar. I respected what the employee said, and I went out. Now, I appreciate the fact that this guy claims to have respected what the employee said, but the fact that the Chronicle is writing an article about it, it, it doesn't seem like he did. And I would have a real issue with a bar owner telling someone with a legitimate disability, you know, a blind person, a deaf person, a person with a physical impediment or a severe mental disability, that they can't have their service dog there. I would, however, have a problem, no problem, with someone telling them they couldn't have their emotional support animal there. The article continues. Miller bemoaned the snub in a Facebook post on Sunday and soon found himself in a digital argument with an unnamed representative using the saloon's official account to respond. In a series of comments, the representative said the bar would continue to review service to those who try to bring service animals. And here's the response. Every weekend, someone wants to bring in their service dog to assist them with their drinking habits. We say no and point to the sign. Fact is, it's private property. We reserve the right to refuse service to anyone for any reason, and we don't allow pets. I get it, right? What you've seen is an overrunning of abysmal human beings usurping service animal designations to just bring their pets everywhere. Scumbags. It's like the high-rise that I had the penthouse in. You have all these pit bulls, despite pit bulls not being allowed because they were their emotional support animals. They were their service animals. And I'm, I mean, I've had a pit bull before. We had one way friend. I'm not saying, I'm not demonizing those dogs, but if they're rules, they're rules. But here's what set me off. If you get to the bottom of this article, right? Read the last paragraph. It was written by a completely clueless reporter because he didn't make any not. So this is, I've never had anyone, anybody turn me away, Miller said. In fact, we went to Hooters to eat right before we went to Crazy Girl Saloon, and the entire staff was loving on her. I was really shocked at their reply. I won't take it any further. I just won't go back there. Here's a news flash. And I don't know. This could be a legitimate service animal. He could have legitimate disorders that require it. I don't know. But what I do know is you know what you don't do with service dogs? You don't love on them like pets because it interferes with their training. So if this minister was at Hooters with all the girls with their ting-tongs out and the booties out, which I have no problem with, hey, live and do what you want, minister. But if your dog, your service animal is getting loved on by the staff, that sounds more like a pet than a service dog. And if true, that makes you part of the problem. This is Big Angry Law on KPRC 950. Need to hit the highway, 
to forget my troubles Lots of people blowing up my phone these days I got a little liquor Couldn't be sicker From all this BS I see on TV every day And I'll be rolling through Texas And Louisiana Go through Georgia, hit up Florida Horrifying story out of northern Kentucky, which exemplifies my wife is often concerned about my intolerance for the crazies that don't like my political opinions and questions why I continue to do this radio show. And, you know, in acknowledgement of her concern, I am almost certainly almost always carrying multiple weapons because it is a crazy, crazy world, right? But this story, I mean, in politics has, it's almost as if these ideological extremes were being intentionally pulled into by so many dishonest pundits, right? That, focuses on the gullible and the rabid because they're great consumers of political talk, right? They're easily manipulated. They're very brand loyal. I'm talking far left and far right. And it's the moderate, sensible, pragmatic people that really don't have a lot of interest in political talk because, man, ultimately they just want to be left the hell alone so they can hard do, do work and provide for themselves and their loved ones, right? But this this story, so this there's a 23-year-old man named Shannon Gilday. He has pled not guilty to the murder of a North Kentucky assistant district attorney, assistant prosecutor. This is, Shannon is, he was dishonorably discharged as a private from the United States Army after entering the Army in 2018. He was discharged in 2019. And is never deployed anywhere. So Jordan Morgan was at her father's house. And her father is a former Kentucky State Representative, C. Wesley Morgan, right? And it's a it's a unique home. Six and a half million dollar mansion in Kentucky. I gotta imagine you drop six and a half million dollars in Kentucky, you get a whole lot of home. But most notably, the unique characteristic of this home is that you got a 2,000-square-foot doomsday bunker that could withstand an earthquake and had two escape tunnels. It's actually still 
the gallery for its listing is still up, right? And it is an absolutely incredible home. Tremendous outdoor spaces, beautiful kitchen, beautiful swimming pool, beautiful grounds. And this bunker has what looks like a door, a safe door, a big giant steel door, a couple of them. Food stockpiles. I mean, it, it looks like, and I mean, it, it is, it's an amazing piece of property. And it looks like somewhere you could go to withstand a war. And the thought is somehow that Gilday became aware of this and fixated on this property. He built this doomsday bunker, or it's referred to in other articles as a fallout shelter in the wake of the tragedy of September 11th. And I mean, we're talking 26 feet underground, 39-inch solid concrete ceilings, 15-inch walls, air filtration system. He was ready to provide safety for his family in case something horrible happened. So he lost in the primary in 2018. He was only in office from 2017 to 2019. And then in 2020, he ran against McConnell in the primary for his Senate seat. He only got second, but he only got 6.2% of the vote. So Clinton Wesley Morgan is, I mean, he is, he would be, I mean, an extreme right-wing person. But what's heartbreaking is that Wesley built this bunker to keep his family safe. And it is believed law enforcement is suggesting that this murderer became fixated and had a fantasy about the shelter in the home. Morgan was quoted as saying, she's dead because of this and it's ridiculous. Sweetest thing that I've ever had in my life. So Morgan actually recounted for the media what happened, that he was, that this murderer climbed into the home on top of scaffolding that was outside for some construction on the porch. So go to saying this sorry, low-down piece of dog crap broke into that door. Kicked her door open and shot her probably six, seven times with an AR-15. He shot me three times. I've been shot twice in the arm and once in the hip. Morgan returned fire, and he thinks he shot the suspect about 11 times. But that the suspect, you know, one of these crazies, was wearing a bulletproof vest. Was quoted again as saying, This is a low life piece of dog crap that I hope I get to engage again because the next time it'll be a totally different outcome. And I get Wesley Morgan's, I mean, I, I don't get it, thank God, but I, I sympathize. It's just a horrible, horrible story. Now, Morgan blamed the media, which I don't get. 
to use quotas. And you got to quit putting stuff out. It causes young ladies like my daughter at 32 years old to get killed. Now, this, the, this article here was written before his capture in law enforcement, the Kentucky State Police Code, saying, until we locate Gilday and speak to him about a motive, I'm unable to say with certainty what his motive might have been. We're aware of this being a possible motive and looking to every possibility. He has since been arrested and pled not guilty to the murder of this beautiful young woman. It must be just absolutely heartbreaking for the father to spend all of this effort into home security, into protecting his family. And he has this 32-year-old, stunningly, I mean, a beautiful young lawyer, successful, in some crazy human stain, breaks into the home and just murders her, just starts shooting her with an AR-15. Now, he was able to engage him in a firefight, but he was shot three times. And the whole story is horrible. And we need to do more for the crazies, the mentally ill. And all of us need to do what we can to protect ourselves from those crazies and our loved ones. And it sounds like Wesley Morgan did everything he could and still wasn't enough. And it's absolutely tragic and heartbreaking. But it's almost certainly absolutely downstream from the extreme polarization in the middle. The answer isn't is it stripping away the first amendment? The answer is more care for the crazies and, and frankly, just less extremism. 